everywhere. everywhere. We're back for our third time for current events. So um, let's talk about what's current going on in the world, guys. Um, so I guess we're going to start with my current event first. And my current event is the fact that Keith Lee is currently going to do his food tour in Dallas. And the three types of restaurants that he's looking for is one, local favorites, two, um, cultural food places that represent a diverse amount of like cultures, and then three, um, what is it? Oh, small businesses that uh, are good, that have great customer service, but just are not outreaching enough or don't have that marketing or that brand yet, really. And so what I wanted to ask you guys is, if Keith Lee were to ask you what restaurant Ooh. to pick for each Ooh. of those categories, what restaurant would you say? That's I'm gonna start with you, Tyler. I know <laughs> so right now we're gonna start with the favorites, like just Dallas favorites. What would you oh, say? Cake bar. Okay. Um, what is that? It's a cake bar. It's <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's a, it's, a, it's a bakery. It's over there on Trinity Gross, like a single thing. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, that sounds good. Okay. Um, I would say, does it have to be like well known? No. Um, no. Okay. Well, there's this like little little restaurant like where I live. It's like called Carmen's Restaurant. Yeah, that's a good place. What kind of food is it? It's Mexican food. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. You can get back to me. <laughs> um, uh, for me, I like I know one culturally diverse place, uh, which is a place that I go to a lot, which is Asarok in like around like the uh, I'd say like the East Dallas area where mm -hmm. they have a lot of like African cuisines. Um, they cook pretty good there. Also, Aggies have some of the best African fish. So, yeah, I would go there. Mm. I don't know. I don't. I haven't eaten out in a hot minute, so mm. I can't think of anything like too local. Um, you at Andrea's house? No, <laughs> there there isn't a town place called Andrea's, but I will not yeah. recommend that one. <laughs> um, there is a place called Saguam, but I'm not sure it's a chain. It's kind of like a little bit. It's not too local. It's a little bit more expensive, but mm. they have really 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 good like latin american food mm. delicious wait what is that place called it's like where they have isn't it farmer's market would you recommend for him to go there because like yes. there's yes. good restaurants in there oh my yes. god there's this one place and it's like oh my god it's oh, oh my god i'm blanking on the name it is so good it is like asian food and it's like rice meat and fresh pickled vegetables oh mm -hmm. my god that's the most delicious food i've ever eaten at the farmer's market because i feel like if he went there like he would have a good like option of like food to try and, they have, and like, like also Jamaican that could be place. like yeah they have a jamaican place they have um like this asian fusion place mm -hmm. um they have a lot of like mexican food as well they and have, so like, I've, yeah. they have and they have good like barbecue as well yeah. like they have like a good variety of things also mm -hmm. that other place that we went to when we had Ooh, that the, oh, the, the arts district the yes but chilangos like, is a chain which is why I didn't recommend it. Because we, remember when we ate those tacos? Oh, the video so tacos, good. yes. But it's yeah. a chain, so. Oh, also the chicken that I got, it was good. It was Oh, that, uh. uh it what like is it? Korean is it Bernie or something? Girl, I, don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it was good. I ate it up. <laughs> um, can you, like, explain who Keith Lee is? Okay, For yes. those who don't know. For those who don't know, Keith Lee is uh, a famous influencer or um, social media personality that goes around and he tries food and he's like very authentic when he's trying food because in most TikToks that you see, because his main platform is TikTok, and in most TikToks that you see of people reviewing food, they're more kind of like 
oh, this is so good. But like a lot of the times behind the scenes, they're like getting free food or have some type of relationship with the restaurant. And so it's mm-hmm. not That's always authentic. But then one thing that I really appreciate about Keith Lee's reviews is that nine times out of ten, well, not even nine times out of ten, 11 times out of ten, he's going to keep it real. Yep. Even mm-hmm. if he's scared of like hurting people's feelings or something like that. He got an answer in a chokehold. He yes. got these people scared. <laughs> yes, because the thing is, I think that one thing that a lot of people don't take into account when they're reviewing food at um, like on social media is the customer service. And I think that Keith Lee is one person that's really big on that, and I appreciate him for that because at nine times out of ten, when you go somewhere, you want to have a ten out of ten experience, not just ten out of ten food. And so with Keith Lee, what I really appreciate is when someone, when there is sucky customer service, he will tell you straight up that their customer service was boo-boo. Yep. It was trash. <laughs> and that's what's, like, really, like, I feel like that's what makes him feel so authentic. Because, and then also, if the food's not good, he's going to tell you the food's not good. Yep. Like, he's not going to sugarcoat it. He's not going to be like, mm, it could be better. No. <laughs> this was dry. It needed seasoning. And that's what I love because it's like, you need that. And then it also bolsters his credibility whenever something's good. Because whenever Keith Lee hit that, "Mm," for sure, right (laughs) on. (laughs) You know that the food is good, and now you have to try the place. And so Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that about him. And I think that I'm very excited for uh, him to come to Dallas. But I just pray Dallas does not embarrass us. We have too many good places for, Mm -hmm. like, we're such a big city. There's a lot of different things to try. Mm -hmm. If we screw up. Mm-mm-mm. And Dallas, you need to be on your P's and Q's. Yeah, I'm talking about cook- when y'all get those call-in orders, you better be treating everybody exactly. like they're keep Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he usually doesn't like call with his name. So no. it's like... Uh, he's, like, he can come yes. at any time. That means that y'all need to have a training Opening, ceremony. Closing, <laughs> lunch rush. Everybody keep Lee. Yes. No. <laughs> Have you seen those TikToks where it's like, oh, me pretending to get, be keep Lee so I can get good food? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm going to start doing and on my like, DoorDash I'm a food orders. critic renowned on TikTok. <laughs> I'll be coming to your restaurant. Okay. Just, you know, y'all got to be on the lookout. Mm-hmm. And the Dallas Youth Commission should do like a TikTok series where we try food that he tries after he's done with the food. That, yes. We were actually thinking about that a really long time ago that we like try like different food restaurants in Dallas to like increase mm-hmm. like teens going there. Mm-hmm. But we never did that. So, yeah. Okay. Ideas being revived. We should try to like find Keith Lee one day. We should. We're on the hunt for Keith Lee. <laughs> Literally, because I feel like, I don't know, maybe the Youth Commission should just eat out more, see who, see if who we, pops up. Yes, like at the places we recommend. What if he listens to this? Mm. Mm. What do you mean? Mm. 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 He could. Y'all don't know. Scorching hot take. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Debbie Downer. Okay. Let's move on to the next one. Tyler? So my current event is the past elections that just happened in Iowa and New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. So recently the Iowa caucus happened and the New Hampshire primaries happened and these are some of the first elections in the election cycle and which mm-hmm. could be some of the most important elections because it really paves the way on which candidate is more likely to win. Mm-hmm. So in Iowa, Trump won, uh, he beat out DeSantis and Nikki Haley mm-hmm. and after the Iowa caucus, DeSantis dropped out. A couple weeks later, or a week or two later, the New Hampshire caucus happened. No, it was a week exactly later. The New Hampshire caucus happened. It was New Nikki. New Hampshire election. The New Hampshire primary. Primary. I called it a caucus, and you got mad at me. Uh huh. Because there's a difference. There's a difference. Okay, Tyler. Ooh. Besides, <laughs> okay, besides ooh. caucusing yes, and primary. Yes, there is. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. She just spoke. So. She's just a great. It was Trump. <laughs> 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 it was Trump against Haley. It was a two-person race. 
Although Haley lost, it was really close, and everybody. What? Sorry, it I was... thought Chris left. Oh my god, I'm just so embarrassing. The the other guy. Chris Christie. Yeah, I thought Chris Christie was on that ballot. No, he dropped out. Chris Christie dropped out. DeSantis dropped out. Asa Hutchinson dropped out. So all the like, Tim Scott and Tim Scott, like every mm -hmm. Swami. And they all endorsed Trump that same night too. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and then on the Democratic side, Biden ran as a write-in candidate and won by a very large margin against uh, Dean Phillips and Marianne Williamson. Uh, I hope I said that right. Williamson. 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 Yes. Uh, and he won, I think it was 60-something. He won by a landslide, but yeah. Opinions? How y'all feeling about this? I was reading a political article, and it said this was the first time in modern political history that a candidate had won both the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary. Which is like really setting the stage as to how the November ballot's gonna look mm -hmm. and all the predictions that it will end up being Biden v. Trump, regardless of, you know, and all the other candidates we could have voted for. And an interesting mm -hmm. fact about that in the 2020 election, <clears throat> Biden didn't even win uh, Iowa or um, New Hampshire. Actually, nobody won Iowa. They still, if you look, <laughs> if you look on the, uh, if you look on the polls or any polls or uh, websites, it'll show that Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders were tied. Nobody ever won <laughs> Iowa. And if you go up there, nobody, like, they'll tell you nobody won. And mm -hmm. then Biden didn't even win uh, New Hampshire. He didn't even start winning until he got to South Carolina, so. And he back there right now, actually. Mm -hmm. That's what I just saw this South morning. Carolina is the next state up on, this, uh, up on the election calendar. Did you mm -hmm. see what happened with Nikki Haley in what her happened? home state? Because she was going over there to campaign because she used to be the governor of South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it did not go well for her. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel, I low-key feel bad. I feel like she she's put on a good fight mm -hmm. for the conditions that she's in. But not having the support of your home state is not looking too good for her. I also feel like she doesn't have a lot of support from her um, party. Party, yeah. Because of the fact that, one, like, a large margin of, like, the Republican Party is Trump, are Trump supporters. And then even the people that aren't Trump supporters, it's like... You have to come up with like good points to get your party mm -hmm. to vote for you. And one of the things that she mentioned is um, raising the retirement age. And I was I'm reading like, that. And I was like, <laughs> and I'm like, like when you yeah. yes to seventy. Mm -hmm. And when you look at like who's voting, like they don't want to hear that. Like they're like the what majority are you talking of about? people who vote Republican are older, older regardless and you're telling these people jk you got to keep working what <laughs> yeah no one wants to like work for the rest of their life or work mm -hmm. until they can't physically cannot mm -hmm. anymore and yeah. so for, for her, her to, to say that, that yeah. go out and say that i feel like that is kind of hurting her chances and adding on to the uh, part about the party tim scott was appointed by <gasps> nikki haley and lindsey graham is uh for senator and then lindsey graham's the other senator for south carolina mm -hmm. they both endorsed trump yeah and that's sad yeah your own and then state i also feel like they're also paying her out to be like this corporate like mm -hmm. like this person who's not for the people but for corporations mm -hmm. and i also feel like that's hurting her chances a lot but what's kind of funny to me and crazy to me is the fact that trump like despite everything that's going on is still popular like he doesn't the have fact to go that to he's a on a ballot is the fact ridiculous. that he's going through multiple trials mm -hmm. multiple lawsuits and it's just like, you everyone's just like, one? okay, I'm that not seeing anything. Where he had to pay 80 something million dollars. 83, 83, 83 million dollars. 83.3 million. To E.G. Carroll. Gosh. She got her bag. <laughs> Donald Trump, say something about me so I can sue you. I want 83 million dollars. Oh, Tyler. Whoa. whoa. I want, okay. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Did he 
didn't you get served with papers for defamation before? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you want to go down that yeah. way. Eighty-three million dollars. Eighty-three million dollars is a lot, though. It is a lot, but she went through a lot. He she, dragged her through the mud. And that was just this one. The last one, he uh, she was awarded five million. That's yep. a lot of money. And it's just like, it's crazy to me that like, despite everything that like, stuff coming out about him doing like, committing sexual assault, all of that stuff, he's still on the ballot and he's still loved by very many people. And it's yeah. just like, how, like, why, how? I mean, it's a lot of questions. I think that there exists like a strategy to it. So mm -hmm. like, like uh, Trump targets a specific demographic mm -hmm. and then like, uh, that demographic will undoubtedly vote for him but yeah. i think that like candidates like nikki haley are a little um they they, they want everything on their plate yeah. which is yeah. an issue uh they're not going for one thing which mm -hmm. makes it kind of like they're like it's either you're black or you're white like there's not there's like you being in the gray yeah. area kind of puts you in a very difficult position when it comes mm -hmm. to getting voters i feel like I oh i was just gonna say we were talking about like how he's still on the ballot those state supreme courts that ruled that he shouldn't be on the ballot because Hot take, he's literally a criminal. Yeah. So, I don't know, I feel like more Stacey so to jump on the, <laughs> they need to jump on the bandwagon. But also, I feel like I definitely agree with Leroy, the reason that's also hurting, like a lot of, cause like what Biden had the first election against Trump is that he was the candidate that you were gonna vote for if you did not like Trump. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so everyone was like, okay. And I feel like that's what Nikki Haley is trying to be, but at the same time, she wants to garner, she's trying to take away voters from Trump and that's not gonna work mm -mm. because they're just gonna be like, girl, side no. eye yeah, like and then they're gonna be like oh we're not voting for you i don't know what you think this is and then it's like the world against nikki haley yeah. and so it's like girl you have to pick and choose pick and, and choose i feel like battles. also i personally i feel like nikki haley has been fighting a lot against the other candidates against mm -hmm. like saying oh you're bad for this reason make using all of her energy to make the ron DeSantis live oh com website but it's not really focusing on her own mm -hmm. platform as yeah. much and I feel like that's hurting her yeah, as a she candidate. Had a because it's like chance if she did that. Yeah. She's not giving reasons to her voters for why they should vote for her, but giving mm -hmm. reasons for why she, they shouldn't vote for them, which and doesn't do much. I feel yeah. like running Republican overall is hard in terms of this cycle because Trump like has had those four years to amass like mm -hmm. the MAGA like I'm not gonna call fan them base. a fan base, yeah. but it's, it's base. quite literally what they are. People who undoubtedly follow him without like you know they could read the news but they're like oh like conspiracy theorists yeah. oh this isn't like really true he's true like in social. cahoots with the government you know biden is like the shadow president like i, I saw it on the tiktok when this guy was like interviewing um somebody at a maga rally and he's like trump has been the president all along like <laughs> i don't know trump said he loved the uneducated mm -hmm. and in terms of strategy that he, makes sense <laughs> yes he he is maintaining the strategy he yeah. maintained to keep that fan base mm -hmm. and I don't want to like give him credit for it, he's but yeah. he's very strategic about how he's garnering his voters. And while some Republicans will be voting for Biden because they literally cannot like support a candidate who's being charged with felonies, yeah. and so he's still going to maintain that. My question is, when it comes down to Trump v. Biden, like who do you think is going to win, and why? Mm. Here's the thing about this. <laughs> You look at both approval ratings. When yep. Trump was in president, Trump never had an approval rating over 50%. Yeah. You look at Biden's approval rating, Biden hasn't had an approval rating over 50% in months. Mm. Mm -hmm. And the thing about that is, both of their approval ratings are low, but we're at a point right now where Biden's approval rating is lower than Trump's at his lowest. And that is so bad. That is, yeah. that is a scary sight. Mm -hmm. And I also think that like it has to do with the way that media 
portrays Biden yes. because they portray oh Biden gosh. as like I feel like in most like any news type mm-hmm. of platform that's portraying Biden, I feel like they always portray him as like this old man, yeah. this, yes, like, yes. not very. He, Aware like of the he doesn't know what he has to do. Yeah, Trump is like four years younger than Biden. Right. If Trump gets elected in 2024, he will be 80 by the time his term is over. Mm. Exactly. And if you're like, oh, I don't want to elect Biden because he's gonna be old. Trump is gonna be just as old. What do you want? The thing is, I think that um, like Biden is leveraging kind of like things that are a bit more like on the liberal side mm-hmm. uh, that is somewhat working for him. And yeah. I think that, like, even though approval ratings are low for him, like, I don't think that that's going to, like, factor in too much into, like, what people are thinking because it comes down to, like, what they're advertising. Kamala Harris is doing, uh, I think Kamala Harris is low-key leveraging her power to get, to get you know, mm-hmm. Biden some votes. But, like, Trump's strategicness in getting a certain demographic of voters mm-hmm. is good. But, like, Biden is kind of losing his demographic because yeah. of, like approval ratings and things mm-hmm. that happen and i think that like his presidency just happened at the wrong time that a lot of things are happening yeah, yeah. Uh, that he may or may not be the cause of but because of that it like kind of um like the way people think is kind of it's gonna like steer towards trump and he the also, thing is oh well he also inherited a lot he when he became president he came right mm-hmm. out of a pandemic yeah. right off of insurrection yep. yeah. right off a whole bunch of things so yeah. it's hard to inherit something like that mm-hmm. and be able to turn the country around and then maintain a high approval rating because yeah. you're going to make somebody mad at the yeah, end. You're not going to make everybody happy exactly. in a country where mm-hmm. half the country thinks that the last election wasn't genuine. I know. That's what's hurting. I feel like that's what's hurting the other Republican candidates and even Biden at this time is the fact that there is people who are literally elected into office who still think that the 2020 election was a fraud, who still think that the January 6th insurrection was not an insurrection. And that stuff is being yeah. portrayed on the media to all of that Republican-like fan base. Mm-hmm. I keep calling them a fan base, but that's quite literally what they are. They follow um, they follow somebody. They're celebrities. Yes, in a way. That is what is happening. And it's like, if you have trusted political officials in office who back all of these ideas mm-hmm. that are simply just untrue and they spread that propaganda in the media, you're, you're hurting overall. Mm-hmm. Like Biden's chances in the media. You're boosting Trump's chances in the media if he has all of that support from people who are already in office. But I think the additional thing is also, like, I remember learning this, is that the effects of a presidency lags. Mm -hmm. Like, and so it's like some of the things that we're seeing now is not because of what Biden did while he was in office, but because of what Trump did while he was in office. Mm -hmm. And we're not seeing the effects of his decisions. And then on top of that, it's just like, with that being said, it's just like, for you to be like, oh, well, Biden's not doing anything. But it's the same people that say that that aren't very educated in what mm-hmm. actually is going on, what yep. he's actually been doing. Because he's done a lot for infrastructure. But it's just like, because he's not personally doing whatever you want him mm-hmm. to do, it's all of a sudden he's not doing anything. When it's just like... Because he's not going on Twitter, Twitter rant saying, I'm doing yes. this for the country. Exactly, and because he oh never does the things that he's over here tweeting about. Yeah. And so I'm just, uh, not Biden, Trump. Yep. And so it's just like... For you to be like, oh well, that's the president got that got stuff done. I'm just like, mm. yeah. you could easily disprove some of the stuff that you read on Twitter. Don't always trust what you read on Twitter. Elon, it's not even Twitter people. because yeah. <laughs> you, you know that's his own social media platform. Who? Truth social. Trump. Yeah. Oh my god. And it's just like it's like a big platform for like 
yeah. my other supporters mm-hmm. to like just mm-hmm. be in an echo chamber of ideas and just like hunger there. He literally has amassed so much support in the media. I was following Joe Biden a couple months ago. I unfollowed him because I got tired of seeing all of the oh look at like the percentages what, yeah, of like yeah, what I've done or yeah, whatever. And I was yeah. like, come on, like let's be realistic about this. And then he only posts like but, all the Republicans and then yes, posts him and compare. But in the freaking comments, those MAGA supporters <laughs> they are, are over there typing away. Their comments have likes. They're like, you are such a bad president. Go Trump, vote Trump. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, even when he's not fighting for himself in the media, even while he was blocked on Twitter, you have all of these people fighting on behalf of you. It's just so, it's so insane. It's like a cult. Yeah, yeah, he was banned from Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I need friends like that for real. (laughs) Because they're going to stand by him through thick and thin. (laughs) Through crimes, through defamation. Like, they, they, they stay. And it's like, how do you how do you how do you do that? And I just think that the advertisement is a little uh, it's a little weird. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw one for Biden I think a few days ago where it was like oh uh, this is what Trump is doing and it shows like all the trials he's been in and stuff like that. And then after it it's like this has been approved by like like President Biden approved mm-hmm. his methods. So it's like I, I just feel like the, the it, it's of, like, doing the same yeah. thing. So it's like telling you reasons why you shouldn't vote for someone and not giving reasons why you should vote for them. You know who we haven't, like, heard from with all this going on? Who? Melania. I want to hear Melania's perspective. Literally, I'm sorry. There was some stuff going on with, like, immigration, and I just think back, Melania was literally an immigrant. Trump, you married an immigrant. immigrant. Like, let's be so for real right now. You're saying all of this to the media. Your wife is an immigrant. Let's just talk about yeah. that. Imagine if your husband has 73 federal indictments, <laughs> led an insurrection, yeah. running for president for the third time. It's just like, Melania, are you okay? For real, Melania. Blink twice. Blink twice, twice if you need help. Wave a flag. I feel, like, I feel like Melania voted for Biden and Clinton. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Cut it out. Oh, my God. We should get her on this podcast. Melania needs to talk to the youth voters. Mm-hmm. I, I want to hear from First Lady Melania. I want to hear from, what's his name, Trump's son. Baron. Baron. Oh. We need Baron on here. Baron and Melania, how do you feel about your dad and husband? <laughs> no comment okay, from the media. Next current event. Next current event. <laughs> next current event. Um, Leroy, do you want to take this one? Uh, so we can take a break from national uh, government things for a second and go to municipal government. Uh, and I think that... Right now, it's 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 not looking uh, better on that front either. Uh, it says the teens, uh, according to the FBI, are more responsible for violent crime happening here in Dallas. Uh, so there were a few instances where you know a 16 year old uh, is suspected for uh, for killing a family. A lot of things are happening when it comes to um, teens, and uh, the governor is using this as warrant for like reasons why uh, like the you know like guards should go to the border and things like that which isn't uniquely good but i think i have a theory about why this is happening i think it's because of mental health so yeah. um mental health uh that I t- i've talked about uh, before is it, it's really bad it's not you know at par here in dallas and i think that there needs to be more initiatives to you know, alleviate that because like this is like there are no i don't see any motive for really a 16 year old to like really do this because a 16 year old is like mm-hmm. our age range um people mm-hmm. just like us so i think that we need to have conversations not about um border control but rather conversations about like what to do when it comes to specific situations like this the fbi uh went uh and had a conference 
with uh, U.S. officials, and uh, they talked about how like law enforcement has been doing fine in like operations concerning uh, gangs and violence in uh, Dallas, but they think that because they haven't had a lot of focus on teens, mm -hmm. it's been the reason why there's been like high in crime of in teens. So I think that there needs to be have we need to have a discussion uh, not only amongst us but amongst government officials about like what we can do about this specifically by like tackling the you know problem at its root rather than trying to cut off its branches. Any opinions? Um, I would just say that I think a lot of the times, um, like I feel like there's no well there are initiatives but I feel like there's no larger initiatives that are actually well funded. Mm -hmm that are targeting, like, making sure that they're reaching the youth and making sure that they're working with the youth that issues like this are affecting. And, like, for example, mental health. Like, I feel like everyone's like, oh, well, they get on social media and they have these campaigns of teens, mental health matter, and all this other stuff. But behind scenes, like, they do anything. they're not really, like, doing anything to reach these affected teens that they're oh, trying to target. Yeah. I feel like it also all goes back to, like, education. Mm -hmm. We are privileged enough everybody here except for margarita is privileged enough to go to a magnet margarita you go to a public school and yeah. i know you've witnessed like fights every day like you witness it's a very different world where you go to school it really is um i know this week literally yesterday we had a, a see something say something program where everybody at disd had to uh, get on a zoom meeting and um people from the sandy hook campaign had talked to us about like if you see anything wrong mm -hmm. like report it if you're not well report it you have to talk to yeah. a trusted adult but when you talk to these adults they don't really do anything they take it to yeah. a principal they take it to over here but whenever you they report about you you get in trouble for it mm -hmm. like how how am i not feeling well or anything and i get in trouble for not feeling well about something yeah you get like in terms of i would say like it's not really punishing but at the same time it's like it comes back to like, like bite you yeah. yeah and bite you like in the behind in a way because it's like <laughs> we can't cuss whatever <laughs> anyways because it's like they fill like, in the blanks they, yes <laughs> they start they start uh pointing out everything that you're in mm -hmm. like oh it's probably that boyfriend of yours or oh it's that phone or oh it's probably yeah it's yep, probably it's something wrong at, like with your friends or oh like your friends are not really your friends like there's like not enough support for yes. them to actually like mm -hmm. have like these one-on-one -on -one discussions because your school is huge and it's yeah, like yeah. you know mental health resources having actual people who are paid qualified people who are paid to listen to your opinions to like um really like understand what is going on in your life instead of mm -hmm. being like oh you know these are your problems at the end of the day like there's nothing we can do about it personally but you know like you know relax kick back you know take yeah. a mental health day that's really not how it works at the end of the day and see i've done like i've tried talking to parents like my parents before about stuff like this but like the Hispanics they are they're like yeah. oh no you're fine just drink some yeah. water and therapy is so expensive not, yeah. like for mental health therapy. a majority of DISD students are low income you mm -hmm. cannot be affording like a hundred two hundred dollar one hour therapy sessions yeah. that is just so incredibly ridiculous <clears throat> that you have to like pay to get somebody to listen to your problems and there's not enough resources to provide that the students who actually need it. I think it comes down to actually um, fulfilling our promises, number one. Mm -hmm. um, we've had a lot of discussions, politicians have had a lot of discussions about this specifically. Mm -hmm. They've said that they're going to fund like mental health initiatives and things like that. But in reality, the money doesn't uniquely go to those things. So I think that we need 
to actually like do what we say and actually get um, support to these like initiatives because it's not like we don't have the budget, we don't have the money, we don't have like these are things that like they can provide. Mm -hmm. Like if you Dallas College is uh, you know I'm I'm in a dual credit program and they actually provide those services to students, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's very good. And that, I think that that shouldn't only be provided to like dual credit students. Yeah. Should be provided to students all over the board, across the board, because we we need them. We're we're all human. We all um, experience a bunch of a variety of different situations. And I think that we can't you know like uh, put a bandaid on a bullet wound mm -hmm. and expect it to work. But rather we should we should attack it as a, like a perfect analogy. I feel like there's a misunderstanding between adults and yes. teens when it comes yes. to the idea yes. of mental health. Yes, a hundred percent. Because when you look at a teen's life now, you look at an adult's life when they were a teens. We're coming in at like a post-pandemic, mm -hmm. all virtual works virtual, and it piles up on you. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just a different experience in like a virtual world where yes. you got everything on your mm -hmm. phone, every everything that can stress you out on your phone from all your work people texting you, people calling you, emails, mm -hmm. everything just on your phone. It's just like a lack of understanding that parents wouldn't understand because they didn't grow up in a world where they had a cell phone, mm -hmm. getting, uh, they can get cyber bullied. My mom is get, like, back in the day, I had a landline, you're always on that phone, you're mm -hmm. always texting and people. And party lines, people used to hear my phone call. <laughs> I used to yes. have to dial my phones and at the extension at the beginning so I can get on the phone lines, yeah. They just don't get it, and you make a great point. That yeah. it's like, you know all those campaigns, like, all oh, then coming to you, like, I know back in, like, the early 2000s, like, D.A.R.E., like, don't do drugs. Yes, like, all yeah, of that yeah, stuff yeah. was so outdated. D.A.R.E. literally had the opposite effect of what it was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Drug use increased after it. People buy D.A.R.E. t-shirts just to wear. They be smoking, <laughs> they been wearing a D.A.R.E. t-shirt. You be like... I'm telling you, you yes, points. and it's like a lot, the irony of these campaigns, it's like the people developing them are not the target audience, yeah. and at the end of the day, it's like, you need to have people, you, the people that you're targeting should be the same people that should be helping you develop the strategies to target that demographic, because why are like 40 year olds teaching teenagers to don't do drugs when back in the day there used to be like cocaine and the coca-cola and school is harder right so like getting into certain colleges is harder mm -hmm. you know that andrea you know that you all the seniors here you, you know that like getting into college is, is very very mm -hmm. difficult uh these kids nowadays i don't know they build them different uh they got yep. you know kids getting getting all types of awards getting very uh mm -hmm. like just the crazy schedules yeah so before and sometimes they don't, they still don't get in so things like that are are are, are very stressful for students um, that you know, these are things that happened that are happening nowadays. Mm -hmm. But back then, you need to get like A's and you'll be all right. So you know, yeah. things like that. That uh, college like readiness, that. literally, right. <sighs> college readiness. I feel like is something that some school districts pride themselves on, but mm -hmm. it's not really enforced. Because if you like, they were always saying these are like teenagers who are in high school who are committing these heinous crimes, and it's like if your school didn't give you hope for your future, mm -hmm. that's why. I feel like that's the root cause of it because if you don't feel like you can be something then, you'll then what's the point yeah. Yeah. and i feel like yeah. also like even with students that don't want to go to college i feel like a lot of the times um in most school districts where they're like oh well yeah it's okay if you don't want to go to college but it's like you say that but you don't give us any alternatives yes. of what we should mm -hmm. be doing mm -hmm. or how can i still be successful without mm -hmm. having that college education mm -hmm. because then, in the reality like not a hundred percent of our population is going to be college edu educated so we have to see how can we make people successful in every way yes, of life every yes. walk of life and i feel like right now 
I feel like education is kind of lacking in that front because 100%. it's just like you shouldn't shame students for feeling like school is not for me. You shouldn't shame students for feeling like, oh, I can't go like because at the end of the day, you're going to put students in this college. See if like even some students get forced to go to college when they don't want to go to college and they're there and it's like they're there to deal with the stress of college alone. And on top of that, the rigor of college alone and not everyone can handle that. And so with that being said, it's like, what do you do for students? What are you doing as a school district or as an individual school or as a teacher to make all of your students feel safe and mm -hmm. all of your students feel like they have something for themselves in the future and they have a path that they can yes. go down that will lead yes. to them being happier at the like at the end of the road and it's just like i feel like right now that yes they have exist. programs where it's like yeah you can go study a trade you can do do this do that but they're not as emphasized exactly yeah. they're not as on top of that. and they're not as funded as well because exactly. there's a lot of funding going towards oh yeah let's make sure that kids can get a college education mm -hmm. but also where's the funding towards let's make sure that kids can learn a trade or let's yes. make sure that kids can have a job after mm -hmm. they graduate from call, uh, high school. Blue-collared workers are just as important as black-collar workers and mm -hmm. I feel like we, blue-collar workers are literally the foundation of our society mm -hmm. and I feel like schools should be, they, it should be in the forefront of their initiatives mm -hmm. to kind of sustain that foundation of society because mm -hmm. it's like students want to do those jobs mm -hmm. but if you're like you were saying oh they're encouraging trade where's the money to actually get kids to do like internships and like mechanics and mm -hmm. like electric like and wood make like what woodworking know, woodworking you know <laughs> it's like that stuff just isn't as prominent as oh, okay like we're gonna teach you how to like do your common application write your essays you know do all these extracurriculars mm -hmm. like People are so different and we're not adapting to that. Yeah. And I feel like the other thing that is kind of lacking in that sense is the fact that it's just education of your choices. Because a lot of the times you'll know that you can opt for a different choice if you're aware of the choices available to you. And I feel like right now students aren't really told of, oh, well, there's this many choices mm -hmm. and this is what you can choose from. These are all the different paths that you can go from. Or here's a person that does this. We hear from their perspective. It's like, a lot of the times, like especially in a lot of uh, classrooms and just regular public schools, you don't see that. And it's so, like, I feel like a lot of times in school, it's so easy to zero in on just getting through high school. Let me just get through this history class. Let me just get through this math class. And so it's like when you hit senior year and your entire life you've been zeroing in on making sure that you're passing all your classes or making sure that you're doing well in school, it's like see, at the end of the road, you look it. up and you're like, well, what is going to be my life after this? Exactly. You know what I mean? If this was my entire purpose I graduated, in high school. then what? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the next topic. This is going to be our last one, and I'm going to keep it sort of brief. So as you may know, the Oscar nominations have indeed come out. Woo! And Barbie, one of the most beautiful movies, I believe, of the year, was snubbed of not only Best Leading Actor, Margot Robbie, but also Best Producer. Mm -hmm. But I'm not really here to talk about kind of like the snub itself, but the public reaction to it mm -hmm. and the like the showcasing of like Western feminism specifically mm -hmm. and uh, like even Hillary Clinton, let's talk about how she posted. She was like, I stand in solidarity with Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig. Woman, what? Like you, that, it, it just blew my mind that like even people such as prominent like ex-politicians were posting about this when there's so many different woman, like women's issues happening mm -hmm. in the media, and you've been silent. So, yeah. um, I do. I would say that in past times, like Barbie was a great movie, and I feel like 
it isn't getting the appreciation that it should be mm-hmm. getting. Like, mm-hmm. for example, uh, what's his name? Joe Coy, the comedian that made that joke oh, about Barbie oh being God. a movie about a doll with big boobs. Like, literally, that wasn't funny, funny first of all. Go work on your craft a little bit more. Um, <laughs> the fact second that of you all, to be misogynist to make people laugh is ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. And second of all, the movie was like, anyone who's watched the movie will tell you that it's about way more than that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like. It really, like, because a lot of the times, especially in America, like, when you see feminists, like, movies portraying feminist, feminism or um, just music videos, anything like that, yep. a lot of times it's very catered towards, like, white feminism mm-hmm. and this new wave of feminism that doesn't recognize the intersectionality that yep. exists within feminism. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Barbie highlighted that without having to make it, like, all in your face about intersectionality. Yes. Because, like, seeing all the different mm-hmm. representations of, of women, women in different yep. fields but also different cultures. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. President Barbie was black, and one of the Supreme Court Barbie judges, whatever, <laughs> I don't know yes. what they called them in Barbie <laughs> land, but she was, she was, she wore the hijab. And it's like, seeing that different, like, mm-hmm. representation of different cultures was amazing. And like, I know it's not a children's movie, for real, for real, but it is good for like, older girls. Like, I kind of mm-hmm. shed a tear when I watched Seven No, Barbie. I yeah. shed a tear during America Ferrera's like, this Yeah, her, yes. her mom. And I just feel like, it even started before the Oscars. Like, y'all saw how, um, what's his name, Ryan Gosling? Mm-hmm. No. Yes, how Ryan Gosling, Ken? I just can, mm-hmm. won over Billie Eilish's What Was I Made For? Yeah. That beautiful, yes. heartwarming masterpiece Oop. that plays in Lo- Lost to a Parody. It lost to a parody. Billie Eilish had one of those movies? No, what? Billie Eilish had a song. She had a song. What was I made for? The ending, like, part of the movie about where Barbie like realizes oh I don't want to be a doll anymore yeah she knew that she was way more the than song people. plays in the background mm-hmm. and she made she specifically made that song for Barbie it because was Barbie the, doesn't know what she wants to be yeah it was during the montage of the moms yeah, yeah. and it's like about moms and their well, relationship wait, wait, with wait. their daughters this is the part where the mom was like trying to convince the daughter like I'm cool and what no no no, 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 no. no. It was like it's when Ruth, when Ruth Handler yeah. met Barbie mm-hmm. and they're the in the white room and everything and yeah. she takes her hand and everything closes her eyes and she really like and she feels how she and she's like yeah. and she shakes she, her hand and be like I want to see the yeah and yes. she sees like um it's like moms raising their daughters and oh like, yeah like the yeah and it's like, like moms yeah. seeing their daughters grow up and kind of like that being their whole life oh, that was mm-hmm. so sad I'm gonna cry oh. It was so beautiful. <laughs> but the song also plays throughout this, like the whole movie. There's like mm-hmm. little parts where whenever she's in the room where she runs from like, um, what is it called? The CEO of the uh, Barbie Hill. Yeah. So when she's in the room with Ruth, when she's in the room with Ruth, in the background, you can hear like Barbie, like what was I made for? Like, like little birds like singing it though, like whistling. Mm-hmm. That movie's throughout the whole, that, the that song's throughout yeah. the whole movie. And when but the yeah, old lady compliments her or when she compliments the old lady, she's like, because the wind blows and it's like, and you can hear it in the background. Mm, yes. And she's like, I love that scene so much. She's like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. And the old lady said, I know. I know. <laughs> that's the confidence I start to have like you know what I mean and I feel like for it to be treated the way it is right now in media it's, it's like so, it's, I don't know it makes yeah. me really sad mm-hmm. to see like the whole point of the movie was literally missed mm-hmm. I don't know and it's then when just, you see people's reactions mm-hmm. on YouTube to the movie it's like oh this movie's so boring it's so like so this so that mm-hmm. but you're missing the real point of you're the movie mi- yes it's like the people that the movie, I wouldn't say it was mocking because Ken at the very, like Ken didn't really understand the patriarchy in a way, mm-hmm. but it was- The horses <laughs> and the hummers. Yes, it was like, it was an innocent approach to the true struggles of women in society. Mm-hmm. And it was like, 
I know men who did understand it, and it was like, mm -hmm. thank God, like, that was the whole point of the movie. But people who are like, oh, like, it was just dumb, it was like about, a, like, a doll, and she was like, she was like, I don't want to be a doll anymore. Like, no, that was not the point. I didn't the get movie. that from Barbie, though. You know what I got from Barbie? Yes. I got, I, I just felt like it was one big old General Motors ad. Because oh my God. you got the pink capital. Stop you got with the, the pink freaking commercial. No, 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 no. Because you had the pink Corvette in the beginning. That Ken, is true. Ken had the Hummer. And every time you saw it, he was talking about Hummer, 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 Hummer. And then every other car was black. But uh, American Forever had that red Chevy Blazer. And it would that always was, zoom, zoom in on yes, the Chevy logo, I too. Know, I know. Get in. Get in. And it shows the Chevy logo. And then they drive <laughs> off and you see the Chevy logo. And then also, like, they have, like, a whole commercial during that chase scene between the Mattel Yes, yes, they did. And her, because they, like, they used that exact scene in the commercial. Yes, it was, And I was like, dang. I guess placement, brand I mean, placement. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like Mean Girls. I don't know who has seen Mean Girls. Mean oh, Elf has a whole brand Real good brand place. Elf. <laughs> back, back to like the topic of the discussion. It's like, you know, people being so angry at the fact that they mm -hmm. haven't been nominated mm -hmm. when it's the same people that ignore the issues of women of color, of, mm -hmm. you know, like trans women, like of teenage girls, like all the issues that we go to. Mm -hmm. And the thing that like really caught my attention was, you know, like the ongoing um, war and between Israel and Palestine and, um, uh, lawyer that I follow on Instagram made like a great point that it was like all of these white women are angry that you know Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig were snugged and it was like yeah you know that it's like a valid point they were but it's also like women are dying every day women mm -hmm. are literally like do not have sanitary products they're having to use tarps as pads and it's like you pick and choose the kind of battles that you fight because if you really cared about women's issues, mm -hmm. you'd not only be advocating for them not getting nominated, but you'd also be advocating for literally mothers dying, mm -hmm. teenage girls having to go through periods without like sanitary products. It's it's a what it's like you either pick and you can't pick and choose mm -hmm. what feminist issues you argue for because at the end of the day it's like one big cause. Mm -hmm. So preach. Thank you. I think that. I think that's it for today. So um, I hope we ate. We ate <laughs> that up. Tonight.